if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is eight minutes after 10 o'clock. Hour number two is underway on this Friday edition of The Authority. Thanks for being with us. It is the sixth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2020. Appreciate you being with us. Also appreciate Tom Zawistowski bringing the fire uh, in the uh, last or the last half hour. rather. Uh, really, really excited about the fight, the legal fight. He says, because we have truth on our side, we are going to win these legal battles. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to talk to Bill Johnson here in just a couple of minutes as uh, we are scheduled to talk with Ohio's 6th Congressional District Representative. He wants to fight, too. And I'm going to tell you this. So do I. And we will. We will fight. We will uh, take every single legal recourse that we can to find out if uh, President Trump lost this election fair and square or if widespread fraud, the hiding of vote counts, the acceptance of late ballots, as if, uh, you know, I mean, people need to understand that the mail-in votes that are being accepted in places like Pennsylvania, particularly Philadelphia, if the mail-in votes arrived on November 4th, that would be like somebody showing up to vote on November 4th at the polls, only to find out, hey, what do you mean you're, I'm not, you're not going to let me vote? I'm only a day late. You know, election day was yesterday, sir. Yeah, but I'm only a day late. You're counting all of those mail-in votes that are arriving late. Well, that's different, sir, because, you know, we can't trust the Postal Service. There is so much of this that we absolutely have to fight over. But the reality of the situation is these are going to be Hail Mary passes. I want to throw them, and I want to battle for them, and I want to fight for them. But I am very, very concerned about our ability to win this, given the fact that even in, in... this is this is what we have come to know as swamp territory, obviously, because it's just been this way for so long. Um, the Republican Party that does not support Donald J. Trump, and I'm, I'm not all of them, I'm talking about those in the Republican Party that do not support President Trump, are all over this, and they are siding with the, the, the demon rats. And yes, I said what I said. There's only one, one letter's difference between Democrat and demon rat. Uh, and uh, they are siding with the demon rats. Republican lawmakers criticized President Trump's press conference yesterday in which, in which he claimed the Democrats are trying to steal the election, saying that his comments undermine the American political process. 
saying that his comments undermine American democracy. My response to those Republicans is, the only people who have undermined American democracy are those that are trying to make a mockery of it by allowing people to vote the day after the election. Two days after the election, three days after the election, Pennsylvania's election authorities declared that as long as we get a mail-in ballot that is not postmarked or the postmark is unclear, we shall assume that it arrived before November 3rd, and we're going to count it. And that's why they stopped counting in Pennsylvania on election night. Because they wanted to uh, get an idea of exactly how many votes they needed to conjure up overnight. How many ballots needed to be harvested, go to, to be picked up that are unpostmarked or with smudged postmarks. This is like the hanging chads of 2000, of the year 2000. But how many of these smudged postmarks up? Well, we're just going to assume that it was here in time and we're going to count that vote. That is really what is undermining American democracy. That is truly what is making our electoral system a mockery, not President Trump calling it out. And instead, I hear liberal, or excuse, yeah, I'll call them that. Liberal Republicans, liberal or at the very best case scenario, rhino Republicans condemning President Trump for fighting for what is rightfully his. And that is this election. All right, I'm told Congressman Bill Johnson, Ohio's 6th Congressional District Representative, is on the line now, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, good morning, sir. Hi, Bob. How are you, my friend? I'm well, I've been better. I'm worried. I'm worried about the state of our country. I'm worried about the state of our democracy. And I'm worried about uh, President Donald J. Trump because I feel like the uh, he is uh, being railroaded out of his uh, uh, his rightful office. Congressman, the reason I asked you to come on today is I read your Facebook post yesterday. And I'm not, I read it to our audience in the first hour of the program. I'm not going to read it again. Rather, I'll have you read it or expound upon it. You are begging President Trump to, quote, stay the course, and you are begging President Trump to file every single motion or lawsuit that he has to to make sure every legal bat ballot that has been cast in this country is counted and protected and every illegal one is discarded. Tell me more. Absolutely. You know, what? Here's, uh, President Trump has been saying for months that mail-in balloting uh, is a problem. That, uh, that, that it's incompatible with our system of election. And, and what we now know is that mail-in, batting, mail-in voting may not be compatible with our democratic republic at all because there are, they are so susceptible to not only fraud but to just basic mistakes. And our country is based upon the legitimacy of our elections. Look, we don't have to like who wins. And in every election, there's a winner and a loser. But the integrity and the, uh, the legitimacy of our elections at every level is the, is the foundation of our democratic republic. And these states that have allowed these wishy-washy uh, um, uh, rule changes, some of them at the last minute, to allow ballots that, that have come in after uh, uh, November 3rd, uh, or that might not be properly postmarked, and we don't know if they came from the right person, uh, they need to be rooted out. And I, I implore President Trump to continue to advance his legal challenges. I personally believe that this is going to end up at, at the Supreme Court. But here's what your listeners need to realize, uh, uh, Bob. Regardless mm-hmm. of what the media declares 
there is no new president or presidential election winner until the litigation is resolved and Congress meets. It's not done until it is legally done. Just because Fox News or, or CBS, NBC, all the rest, just because they declare a state done, that doesn't, that's not the end of the discussion. Yeah, um, it's important for people to look at the precedent here of 20 years ago um, when we had the Florida recount after recount after recount and legal challenge after right. legal challenge uh, made right. by, by Al Gore primarily. That thing wasn't decided and certified until the Supreme Court finally put an end to it back or uh, as far back. It was, I think it was in mid-December. So we're still yeah. in very early November. We're just four days now past there, or three days really past the election, excuse me, election night. So there could be a lot of this to come. But, but uh, Congressman Johnson, here's, uh, here's what I'm wondering. The anti-Trump sentiment is so strong among those who did vote against him. And I'm going to phrase it that way because I don't think right. anybody in their right mind voted for Joe Biden. Uh, there's nothing to vote for there. There is absolutely nobody who could look at him and say, I'm excited that Joe Biden could really do great things for this country. There was either right. a pro-Trump vote or there was a TDS vote, Trump derangement syndrome vote saying, I cannot stand that guy and I want him out. Will they tolerate a president? who won't concede, which I do not believe he will, for example, until mid-December, the way we had in twenty or in uh, 2000, rather? Well, I, I, I think that's a very good question, Bob, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I, can't, I can't speak to what the American people are going to think. It goes back to my point that, that our, our system is based upon the legitimacy and the integrity of our elections. And so if President Trump does not concede or if Joe Biden does not concede, uh, regardless of who is ultimately declared the winner by the courts, the American people, we're going to go through four more years of, of, of concerns that we've got an illegitimate president. And, and that is really sad that it's gotten to this point. But, but I think you make, a, you make a very valid point. And that's why There's, we've got I'm the sorry. courts have got to fix this problem moving forward. There are two different things here, uh, Congressman, that just don't look or smell right. One of them we have some physical and verbal and video evidence of, and that is the Project Veritas videos, in which mm-hmm. postal workers are admitting to leaving ballots uh, in, in certain locations for Democratic operatives to pick up and fill out and drop off uh, in various circumstances. Uh, postal war, one postal worker admitting that he heard the postmaster in his particular city telling a supervisor uh, um, what was to be done with certain ballots that came in, and they were going to roll back the little hand stamp postmarker to November 3rd, even if it was November 4th or number, November 5th. Right, now, we have right. these admissions on video with Project Veritas. But the other part is just the, the common sense part. The Republicans completely outperformed expectations in the House. The Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, thought they were going to pick up five to 15 seats in expanding their Democrat majority, and instead, the exact opposite happened. Are we, as common, sensible people, 
to believe that a red wave of voters came out there to vote for uh, Republican members of Congress or Republican candidates for Congress, but then left the 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 the, the uh, Trump box empty that they wouldn't have voted for Donald Trump, or in fact they voted for Joe Biden instead, if there was a red wave enough to sweep Republicans into Congress, then that red wave would have carried the president along with him, and less corruption is happening. Bob, I, I can't agree with you more. And I think there is compelling evidence, and I think that's why the president must, he must, for the sake of our democratic republic, he must advance these legal challenges in every state where we have suspicions of this kind of corruption and fraud and just basic irresponsibility. Uh, that, that's why I put out the Facebook post and the tweet that I did yesterday imploring the president to, uh, to continue. Don't give up the fight until the legal challenges are exhausted. It needs to be rooted what, out. What every do you legal say? vote should be counted. What do you say to your... Or, go ahead. I apologize. We have a delay here. That's the reason sometimes I think you're done and you're still talking. Apologies for that. I was going to say, what do you say to your fellow Republicans who are giving a different message? As I mentioned before you came on, there are some Republicans who are criticizing the president for alleging fraud yesterday, quote, without evidence. And I don't know how they can say without evidence when we have all of these things that are coming up and that are being reported. But what do you say to your fellow Republicans who are not backing the president here, who don't want him to fight, who want him to concede and accept uh, defeat uh, under all of these nefarious circumstances? Yeah, I, I, I would tell everybody, take a deep breath. You know, that's why we've got the courts. The, 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 the best thing that, that might come out of this, Bob, is, uh, is the prophetic uh, move that, that Donald Trump did in, in appointing federal judges and, uh, and getting a conservative uh, bench on the Supreme Court. Uh, but we need to let these legal challenges play out. The president is absolutely within his right to challenge uh, these uh, these compelling cases of voter fraud and voting irregularities. Uh, that's part of the process. It happened in 2000 in Bush Gore, and now it's happening today. We need to feel confident in the legitimacy of our elections, and we're not going to get there until these legal cases are resolved. So take a deep breath. To all my yeah, well, colleagues, yeah. I say take a deep breath. That's good advice, uh, and I need to do that as well because sometimes I'm almost hyperventilating because I'm so worried and so frustrated about this. And I wanted to offer well, here's this. The, here's the good news, Bob. Here's the good news. Okay. The good news is what you said. We uh, Nancy Pelosi did not expand her uh, her majority in the Senate. Uh, instead, uh, we don't know how that's going to turn out yet. If some of these votes are thrown out, we're inching closer and closer. Uh, to potentially still taking back the majority in the House. It's an uphill battle, and it's a long shot, but that still conceivably could happen. It's very likely that the Senate races are going to go in our favor. So Joe Biden, even if he is ultimately declared the winner uh, uh, by the courts, um, uh, he's not going to be able to do the things that he said he was going to do. He's not going to be able to do judicial reform. He's not going to be able to ban fracking because he's not going to have a legislature that will support that. Well, you know, I, I, I concur, and yesterday I felt very confident about that, about our Senate majority holding strong. But when I woke up today 
to see that they are headed for two runoff elections in Georgia, that the two Republican senators there now are in serious jeopardy, uh, and they're going to throw, my gosh, can you imagine the money that the Democrats are going to throw into a runoff, into those two runoffs? The state of Georgia could flip from two red senators to two blue senators and flip the balance of the entire thing. Then everything that Chuck Schumer said was on the table about court packing, about states being added, about legislative filibusters. Then, Congressman Johnson, it's all... I mean, it, it's a very precarious situation we find ourselves in. So we're not, we don't have that guaranteed failsafe of the of the Republican majority Senate that we thought we did, at least not yet. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that we are not at the end of the road. Uh, but I have great confidence that those runoffs will go in our favor. Typically, Republicans show up on Election Day. Runoffs don't have early voting. They don't have mail-in ballots. You have a runoff. It's a one-day deal. And Republicans typically show up. That's what happened this time. If -hmm. people that showed up at the polls were the ones that were being counted, Donald Trump would have won in a landslide uh, last Tuesday. So I have a great deal of confidence that those Republican senators will win that runoff uh, if if that's what it comes down to. So I I still have confidence in the Senate. And, And here's the other thing you can look at. Look at what happened in Ohio. Uh, we, 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 we increased Donald Trump's margin of victory in Ohio. Mm-hmm. We maintained the state legislature, House and Senate. We maintained a conservative Supreme Court in Ohio. And every Republican member of the Ohio congressional delegation was reelected. Ohio did it right. And, and that should say something about, uh, about the sentiment around the rest of the nation, too. Very well said, Congressman Bill Johnson, Ohio's 6th Congressional District Representative. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your encouragement of President Trump to fight. And please talk to some of your fellow uh, Republicans in Congress and in other uh, prominent positions and encourage them to do the same. We need to be united in this. We cannot have half of the party splintered saying, ah, go ahead and concede, and the other half saying fight. We all need to be in this together. Congressman, thank you. Thank you. That's Congressman Bill Johnson. It's 1024. We're a little late. We'll come out and come back in again on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1028, let's get a call here in before the bottom of the hour. The rest of the program is yours, free for all. Anything you want to say, any part of this election or this issue that you want to discuss, dial now, 216-901-0945, because we are guest-free the rest of the way. Let's make it count. Bill, in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Bob. Hi, Bill. Bill, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Are you on a speakerphone or something? Because I'm not hearing you. Can you hear me now? That's much better. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes, you're fine, Bill. Go ahead. Great. Just wanted to let you know that I am one of your uh, constant listeners. I love to listen to you each morning. I am a black man, well-educated black man. And I wanted people to hear these things that I'm going to say, is that all black People do not despise and hate Donald Trump. And the impression is that a lot of these so-called new uh, ballots that are coming in are mostly coming from so-called black neighborhoods or black districts. And you tell me that 139,000 
folks that come in into Michigan there, and I think most of them came most into the Detroit area. You're going to tell me that yeah. there's not one black one person among them that's going to vote for the other guy in any situation. The same thing is happening in Philadelphia. So I'm a I'm a black conservative, but I'm really upset with this whole thing, and I'm thinking about leaving the Republican Party because of all these turncoats that we have. He's, I cannot understand all these so-called conservatives that are turncoats in every manner, in every way, and it's making me just sick. And I say I'm going to leave this thinking party and go to something else. I'm not going to go to the Democratic Party naturally because it's that it is suppressed the ability for blacks for hundreds of how I many years they existed to do anything for themselves. But I will leave the Republican Party after seeing all these turncoats, and they are not out supporting our president. Bill, I'm going to tell you what, um, I, I love your courage because, you know, not, I mean, there are a lot of more, there are a lot more black conservatives willing to come out and identify themselves as such. There were a lot of black people part of the walk away campaign, part of the Blexit, the black exit from the Democrat party, but not a lot of them get on the radio and call it out. And especially with the, uh, you know, the passion that you have by saying not only are you a Trump supporter and we were a Trump voter and a conservative, you are not going to stand with rhino Republicans who don't support the president. So, uh, your voice is extraordinarily important. The points that you made are extraordinarily important. I hope you continue to use that vo- voice, and I hope you call me back on a regular basis because I'd love to talk more about this stuff with you. Thank you so much for that call, Bill. And thank you, and you keep That's going to take. Up. Thank you, sir. God bless. Uh, that's going to take us to our news. Let's get that and come back in with the rest of your calls. AM 1420, The Answer. Trigger and Kirk, back-to-back at noon on The Answer. Word of advice that you probably didn't need because you already know this, but do not trust the media. The media is getting, uh, they are calling the race for Joe Biden. They are calling for concession from Donald Trump. They are saying that Georgia and Pennsylvania are Biden's. He is over 270. The rest of this is just noise. Do not listen to the media. They had planned this from the beginning in coordination with the the, uh, Biden campaign. I shared this information with you. uh, earlier in the week, Joe Biden said he will declare victory when the media tells him to. The New York Times declared we will decide when the presidential election is over. Unelected news anchors, journalists, and op-ed writers think that they control the American elections. Not the elections officials, not the boards, not the secretaries of state, <clears throat> Not uh, uh, the official, uh, you know, uh, appointed by elected officials. Rather, they say, we are in charge of this. I'm not kidding you. you. You recall this, do you not? The New York Times tweeted that they will decide when the election is over. Quote, the role of declaring a winner of a presidential election in the U.S. falls to the news media. The broadcast networks and cable news outlets have vowed to be prudent. Here's how it will work. And then they had a link. They said, we will decide. As if they are nonpartisan vote counters. The New York Times said that, and shortly after the New York Times tweeted that we'll decide the winner, Joe Biden said, 
He will assert control and begin forming a new government if and when the media declare him the winner. Not when the, 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 the actual secretaries of state, not when the votes are all certified and confirmed. No, when the media says I won, then I won. Gee, what a, what a wonderful coincidence that is that the media and the Biden campaign and the DNC are all one in the same. 216-901-0945, Let's take your calls. Bob is in Medina on AM 1420. The answer, hello, Bob, go right ahead. Yeah, hey, Bob, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I was really frustrated, you know, as everybody else, you know, I'm sure, you know, that uh, sees what, you know, sees what, what's going on. So last night I was watching, you know, Fox News, and I really start with Tucker and then work my way up. You know, the other ones I can, you know, every so often I'll watch the five, but uh, can't stand Juan Williams, so he makes my stomach turn. But anyways, uh, and I was looking for the the answer of what you've asked and you've pressed upon. What can be Done. Not, you know, any speculation. I mean, we saw Ted Cruz, a few of the other uh, ones, uh, Lindsey Graham was on there and all of that. But the one that really satisfied me the most was Newt Gingrich. He was mad. I mean, he he says he has never been upset in the 60 years he's been in politics as he was about this past election. And uh, so he, he was asked, yeah, well, what can be done? And and he point blank said, the people that that uh, committed this fraud, whether it be the uh, the vote counters or the you know the the uh, you know local governments and everything, should all go straight to jail. They should be prosecuted and go straight to jail. And I uh, that was what I was looking for, you know. And so I was able to go to sleep with a little bit of peace last night. And I'll let you comment on that. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob, for the phone call. And thank you for your kind words. Um, agreed. Newt Gingrich is usually very, very level-headed. He takes, you know, the good news with the bad news and looks at it from a common-sense perspective, tries to keep the perspective. Uh, and keep everything in context. And when he shows fire, there's a pretty good reason for it. So I totally agree with that. Now, having said that, um, I'll say this. What is it going to take? It's going to take a whole lot more people to get angry like Newt Gingrich, and they have to unify. Listen, the demon rats are many, many things that are bad, that are negative, that are evil, from their policies to their beliefs to their intention of imprisoning and that word might be a little strong but not very much but imprisoning 330 million americans under socialist rule and huge government control they may be a lot of things but the one thing that they're not is very often anyway divided now i know there's a little bit of discord right now because some of the more uh center left members of the Democratic Congress are a little angry at the progressives, the AOC, you know, the squids, uh, Bernie Sanders, because they feel like they did not advance their majority because of the fear that the far left socialists push, you know, uh, put into the minds, into the hearts of a lot of voters. But generally speaking, they are united behind their candidate. Generally speaking, they are united behind their cause. The Republican Party is cursed with independent thought sometimes. 
Now, that may sound a little bit bizarre because I always, of course, encourage independent thinking. It's why we as Republicans, we as conservatives, would never think, let alone say out loud, something like Joe Biden said, which is black people all think the same way. They don't have independent thought the way Hispanics do and other people do. It's, it's, it's such a racist thing. It's impossible for me to understand how any black person could look and listen to Joe Biden and think about voting for the man who simply thinks nothing of them. You ain't black if you don't vote for me, and you are black if you think like all the other black people do. We all, you guys all think alike. <clears throat> that blows my mind. But the independent thought does live in the Republican Party, and it does lead to division sometimes, and sometimes that division can be extraordinarily costly. And this is one of those times. This is one of those times where we cannot have Chris Christie and we cannot have, you know, certain Republican members of Congress, certainly the idiots in the Republican, quote, Lincoln Project. We can't have them telling Donald Trump to accept fraudulent results under very nefarious circumstances. There are a lot of irregularities. We can't have them saying, yeah, you know what, just going to have to take the L here and move forward. Um, they need to be more like the Democrats here and be united behind their candidate. Newt Gingrich, breathing fire, is a great start. There needs to be a whole lot of others. Unity needs to happen here. Now, normally I don't have a problem, as I say, with you know some Republicans thinking this way, some thinking another way. That's the beauty of the Republican Party. They do not engage in groupthink. Groupthink is a demon rat uh, concept. It's a Democrat concept. But sometimes it's effective. Sometimes when it comes to uniting behind a cause or a candidate that is so important to their agenda, sometimes groupthink works. And this is one of those times where the Republicans need to say, you know what, we've got to put aside our ideological differences, whether they're small or whether they're major. We've got to put them aside and unite behind our guy. Donald J. Trump is getting railroaded. They tried to railroad him when he won in 2016. And now that he was about to win in 2020, he's getting railroaded again. Somebody needs to stand up to that and for that. And by the way, last thought before I get to my next call. The hypocrisy, the sea of hypocrisy in which liberal Democrats live. And that's elected liberal Democrats, voting liberal Democrats, and media liberal Democrats. The sea of hypocrisy in which, I think I said live, I mean swim. The sea of hypocrisy in which these liberal Democrats swim is beyond anything that you can comprehend. The same people who are criticizing Donald Trump for yesterday having the press conference in which he talked about the election being stolen, and he talked about the fraud, and talked about the lawsuits that are being filed on his behalf because of that fraud, these people criticizing Trump for that are the same people who spent four years trying to say that there was conspiracy and fraud that helped Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. They scream, those results aren't valid. Those are Putin-generated results. Trump coordinated and collaborated and colluded with the Russians to beat Hillary Clinton. So those people who spent four years claiming there was conspiracy to rig the 2016 election, now mock Trump for talking about a conspiracy here 
to steal the 2020 election. The only difference being there was zero evidence of the 2016 Russian collusion, and there is tons of evidence here, uncovered by Project Veritas and others, of actual conspiracy to change votes or change vote totals or hide the counting of the votes from the Republicans, there is plenty of evidence for this one. So any discussions you get into this, this evening, now that it's Friday night or this weekend with family, friends, coworkers, guests coming over to the house, anybody that wants to talk about you tell them that. The people who are mocking Trump for calling this a fraud, fraudulent election are the ones who spent four years calling the 2016 results a fraudulent election. Let them drown in the sea of hypocrisy. But do not accept, without rebutting with the facts, do not accept any of their illogical statements. Mike is in Bay Village. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Sorry for the delay there, Mike. Go right ahead. Hey, no problem, hi, Bob. Hey, listen, I think we're still in the ground game. I don't think we're ready for Hail Marys. I think there's a plan by this president. He's known about election fraud for years. 2012, he talked about it. He saw it firsthand in 2016. They watched what went on in Georgia and Florida in 2018. So I think they have a plan. So as soon as these secretaries of state all verify and finish counting and get that all done, then we can start really moving the ball forward and go after these people because I think he wants to end it for good. I think he wants to do this legally and take all these people out that have been fraudulently doing that. And it's just going to take a little bit of time. So I don't think we're into the Hail Marys. I don't think we're ever going to get to the Hail Marys. I think there's a plan to end this for good. Listen, President Trump is a winner, and he never loses. And he does it. He will fight to the end. And that's what I think is the greatest thing about this guy. He will fight this, and we finally have somebody up there fighting for us. Well, you're 100% right, but here's the thing. Um, You can have a fighter who can be a great fighter, who can dominate his opponent, but if there's a corrupt referee calling the bout and who's penalizing you for punches and saying you did this, that, or the other thing in this fight, and I'm just using the metaphor here, right, of being a fighter. If you've got a corrupt referee or a corrupt judge who is on the take, who you may dominate your opponent, and then he gives the round to, to your opponent from his back, that's hard to overcome. And that's my concern with these judges. He's going to have to win a bunch of court battles in all of these lawsuits to demand recounts, to demand votes be ca- uh, um, uh, late votes not be counted, late ballots or non-postmarked ballots to not be counted. All of these things that are going against him right now are going to be decided by the referee or the judge in this case, if you will. So he can be right. He can be the fighter that wins, that lands the most punches, that scores the most points. But if the referee is on the take or if the judge is, a, in other words, an Obama, Obama appointee at the circuit court level, et cetera, et cetera, that's why I call them Hail Marys, because everything has to go right for us. We have to prove our case. He has to prove his case. And then a judge has to say, yup, you're right, instead of, nope, uh, it's not convincing enough. I'm kicking this out. That's that's the only reason I call I, it a Hail Mary. But I do understand your point. There's I, I, a lot of ground to I be plowed Oh, I agree with that, too. But I think that they say they have irrefutable evidence, and I think it's just going to get to that point. And yeah. they're going to expose it all. And I think that's why they're waiting for these counts to be complete, because guess what? Then these people sign on the dotted line, hey, this was good, 
and then they can prove that they were fraudulent after that. And that's right. You know, yeah, I'm hanging my. I'm, I'm hoping for that, and I'm hoping that our system, especially now that we have, you know, the court. You know, hopefully the final court is in our favor on this. But that's the name of the game. But I, I, I got I think you, my they friend. have a plan. I really do. I, and you know what? Thanks, I appreciate Bob. that, Mike. Thanks very much. I appreciate the phone call. Let me get out and come back in with a few more phone calls to wrap it up. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Okay, final segment of election week. Kind of strange. Used to have election day, and now it's election week. It could be election month. Could be a couple of election months. Remember, the battle between Gore and Bush in 2000 uh, did not get settled until the Supreme Court ruled in mid-December that the recounts were stopping. Mid-December. So do not think that there is some sort of a timeline here that this has to be done by. It does not. We just have to get it right. Uh, TJ in Cleveland. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, first of all, I want to say I do have legitimate faith Trump will end up victorious when this is over. But worst-case scenario, Biden gets elected, and your guest, Dr. Piper, touched on this yesterday about them possibly using the 25th Amendment, the Democrats thought, to get him out of office. Now, I looked into the 25th Amendment, and I think I understand it pretty well. There are certain procedural steps that have to be taken if the sitting president refuses to leave. The final step would be two-thirds of Congress voting to remove him. Now, if I were a Republican uh, congressman, I would not vote to remove him. First of all, that would put that cackling witch, Tommy Harris, just because, as president. Just, yeah, just, just because yeah. Harris would be worse, right. Yeah, and then the other one is, you know, if these Democrats wanted to elect Ozzy Osbourne as president, they deserve him. And you know what? This could be very entertaining, Bob. The, the White House would become a, a real-life Saturday Night Live skit on a daily basis with this clown in office. Let them get what they wanted if it, if it turns out that way. And one other thing I'd like to say with, you know, uh, at the polls, I remember when I signed in and they gave me this rubber thing to put on my finger, and I have to sign my name like on this computer thing with my finger. And I made the statement, I said, geez, I don't even recognize my own signature doing that. And the girl says, oh, it's very close to your original signature. Close, I couldn't even recognize it. In other words, I live in a big Democratic area. They were going to accept any signature put down on that paper. Of course they are. And that's why they don't even bother comparing them to the registered signatures on the registration. Thanks very much, DJ. They don't have time to do that anyway, and they're not going to do that because they don't really want to know for sure. Let's go to Lorraine County, James, AM 1420, The Answer. Your county, which is my county, by the way, went red for Donald Trump for the first time in uh, a very long time. So congratulations for that, James. What's on your mind? Yes, thank you. And uh, I'd like to thank you and your staff for helping that happen. I know I believe people are more informed through your show. And, uh, you know, I had a comment about uh, poll watchers. And it reminded me my grandfather was a poll watcher in Fayette County, Western Pennsylvania, and he's deceased now. But if I could have a conversation with him today, it would, it would go uh, something like, thank you for being one of the helpers. You couldn't be a fighter, you could be a helper. And uh, that's my comment. Thank you again. And that's good. Yeah, I appreciate it, James. Thanks very much. That's right. Thank you for being a helper, uh, because you're right. Everybody does need, every fighter needs help and assistance. Mike is in Strongsville. Mike, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. Uh, I was on the Internet a little bit earlier today. I love your show, regardless. And uh, uh, what I found out was that uh, the Department of Homeland Security 
started a cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency in 2016 to monitor the elections then because of all the talk about Russian hacking and so on and so forth. Well, uh, I've heard that they printed all the paper for all the states, the, the paper on which the ballots were, were made, put a watermark right. on it, and put a radioactive isotope on those papers, and they are traceable. And, uh, and like... I have heard the same reports, Mike, and i got to go here because I'm short on time. Thank you. I've heard the same reports. I am waiting for confirmation about the watermarks. The watermark that is not visible to the naked eye is only visible under a light or whatever the case might be. And that's how they determine a real live ballot and a fraudulent one. And uh, I just don't have confirmation that that's accurate. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just don't have confirmation that it is right. And as soon as we get that, of course, we'll report on it. Thanks to everybody for being a part of the show today. Be safe and be free this weekend. We'll see you Monday. Enjoy the silence